Hey everyone, so I wanted to share an op-ed article that I wrote for greenroofs.com. Um, it's called Invert the Green Roof Movement. And this idea came across, um, I kind of developed it, I guess, as I worked on two things. Um, first of all, being the parkland strategy that I'm working on with the City of Toronto. Um, just seeing how much pressure there is on green space and also demand on um, the amount of green space in urban environments and the lack of land availability to fulfill that is requiring um, everyone involved to get really creative. And this is just one of the ideas that I um, came um, kind of formulated in thinking about how we could truly transform the urban um, lifestyle for everyone. Uh, the other part of it is just working I always, as I as I um, had my education and did my formal kind of uh, environmental work at the beginning, I was very far away from any actual builders like architects, um, contractors, engineers, um, those types of services. But as I've been doing my consulting work, I've been getting closer and closer to them. And as I talk with them, I just have a, so much respect for the industry. Like these people are amazing. And what they tell me a lot of the time is just like, whatever you want us to build, we'll build it. If the money's there and the, you know, the client, a developer is, is all for it and going to pay them the money, they can do it. So really they have the capacities to do everything. It's just about us putting our mind um, for what we want to create in the urban landscape. So anyways, I'm going to start, um, reading my op-ed here and uh, I just want to thank greenroofs.com so much for working with me on it and publishing it. Um, I've got so much um, good feedback and I, I would hope to hear from all of you about what you think about it. So here we go. Invert the green roof movement. Green roofs already improve city life and provide habitat to plants and animals, but there's an even bigger idea hiding below the surface. Over the past 10 years, the green roof movement has gone mainstream. Green roofs have now been adopted by cities across the globe from Toronto to Seattle, Paris to Singapore, Melbourne to Basel. They're now commonly a reality for developers and represent a great achievement of the green infrastructure industry and of progressive city planning. In many ways, the hype is justified and a cause of celebration is in order, but it's possible that the celebration might be premature. Although green roofs contribute immensely to solving many urban issues, we're missing the mark on truly transforming urban life. We need to invert the green roof movement. And let me explain. So green roofs provide a huge array of benefits. They absorb and slow storm, runner, storm water runoff, provide pollinator habitat, improve air quality, insulate buildings, provide recreational opportunities and increase biomass production, among other benefits. So overall, they save infrastructure costs, improve the environment, and improve human health. They're a tool to work with nature rather than against it, and to capitalize on unused urban space. And this contributes to the sustainability of cities. However, it's important to recognize some of their limitations. Uh, for example, rooftops by their nature are inaccessible for most people, plants, and animals, and this can be good for reasons of avoiding disturbance to vegetation, but in many ways it limits the ability for the greater public and natural world to actually reap the benefits. 
Rooftop parks and urban habitat are often main drivers of justification for creating green roofs, but who is allowed on the roof and how difficult is it to get access? What animals, plants, and insects can actually reach the habitat? Green roofs prove that landscape fragmentation can also occur vertically, not only horizontally. And going back to horizontal concepts, green roofs also lack connectivity. So if you're looking down from the sky and seeing the patches of green roofs, you can see the fragmentation. And any ecologist or city planner that's learned through education and experience will tell you that connectivity is a key pillar of success. Free, free movement and landscape continuation enhance the function and health of both the built and natural environments. In the urban context, it allows for active transportation, efficiency of movement of people and vehicles, less isolated neighborhoods, expanded greenery, and more holistic zoning. The principle also transfers to the natural world where corridors of vegetation facilitate movement of plants, animals, and enhance ecological interactions, function, and services. So how can we ensure people, plants, and animals have access to these green spaces, and how can we connect the landscape, and how can we transform urban life? By inverting our priorities and flipping green, roof, green roofs upside down, so in other words, by creating green basements. And what exactly are green basements, and how would they work? Green basements would be created by building on stilts, essentially opening up the ground level of buildings for park and green space and placing the lobby on the second floor. This would allow us to achieve a magnitude of desired outcomes from connectivity to increased green space to enhance social interactions. A neighborhood of buildings with green basements would completely transform the urban fabric. And it wouldn't come without challenges, protests, and doubters. Shadows underneath the building would be a major obstacle for vegetation growth between shade-tolerant species and innovative engineering solutions such as mirrors and buildings, uh, materials, and placements. The green spaces are definitely possible. And as noted by Michael Green, who is an, uh, I inspire to completely, he's an architect um, that specializes in tall wooden buildings. He said, it's easy to design and build these buildings What's hard is to change the public's perception on what's possible. And he said that in relation to mass timber, but it also applies to this concept. So for developers to consider green basements in their projects and to keep these spaces publicly accessible, a sound economic incentive framework must be created by governing bodies to ensure they are rewarded for bringing this type of value to the community. This range can range from bonus densities, tax incentives, or other creative ways to re reward their innovation. The skill of engineers, architects, and builders could bring this beneficial vision to life, but as we pinch developers into creating specifically prescribed features such as green roofs or maybe green basements, the cost, cost asso associated with the development may be increased and must be mitigated in to ensure affordability is matched with sustainability. But just imagine the radical impact of green basements in your city, walking and biking to work through unbroken paths of gardens, open space, water features and trees, con contribution to uh, climate change resilience and expanded habitat for native plants and animals, gathering spaces for friends, families and coworkers, sitting underneath your office building in a park on lunchtime and so much more. So yeah, we should do both 
green roofs and green basements to achieve more sustainable cities. This challenge to the green roof movement isn't meant as an alternative, but is meant to build upon the exciting sustainable achievements of green roofs. Green basements would significantly amplify the principles that green roofs were seeking to accomplish. If green basements caught on to the extent that green roofs did, our cities would be more walkable, connected, healthier, and ecologically enhanced. This is why we must focus on greening not only the roofs of buildings, but also the ground level of development sites. So what do you guys think? I'd love to hear from you. You can message me at johnlieber17 at gmail.com or uh, let me know on my Twitter, jungle underscore capital or Instagram, jungle underscore capital. Thanks very much.